Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to these bonus episodes of Wine School Dropout. It's the summer. And while we're out of school, per se, we at One School Dropout want to share a summer in wine with you. In this mini-season, you'll hear about some cool things happening in the wine world. Think of this a little like summer school. And we're back in session. Enjoy. Gone are the days of long-winded wine notes of a field of fresh violets on a warm summer day after the rain, or talk about tannins and which vintage of Grand Cru Bordeaux is the best. There are some new fresh faces in wine called Vinfluencers. A Vinfluencer is sort of a new thing in France, but the title is picking up steam as it did in the U.S. It also comes with a bit of backlash from critics that don't like or understand and appreciate this new form of wine journalism. Essentially, a influencer is an internet marketer. On va aborder un sujet qui est hyper technologique, gadget, euh, indispensable. On va voir ce qu'il en est. On va parler de la réalité augmentée sur le vin. La réalité augmentée, je sais pas si vous savez ce que c'est. They have amassed a large following on a social media network, mainly Instagram or TikTok and then partner with brands to post amazing pictures with witty and informative captions in hopes of directing their followers to visit the winery's website and or purchase wine. Today, we're hearing from two women that have taken their influence on the social networks to educate us on soils, types and grapes, as well as get us excited about their new wine project. First, we have Diane. You may know her as Dalkia Loves Wine on Instagram. Diane also did me the great honor of doing this podcast interview in English, her third language. I really love her fresh outlook on wine, particularly soils and how she always keeps it interesting. Whether she's tasting wine in a vineyard or hosting an IG Live, au français, she always gives us her real point of view and recommendations. Diane, how are you? Fine. Thanks for inviting me. Not a problem. It is a pleasure to speak to you. And also, thank you very much for being willing to do this interview in English, because English is not your first or second language. So thank you. <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> okay. Let's start with who are you and what do you do? My name is Diane, but I'm also known as Dalkia. I'm an agricultural engineer who appears to be a wine passionate. 
And I've worked as a food buyer for a huge retailer. And one day, as I was kind of bored in my job, <laughs> I had the opportunity to work for them, but as a wine buyer, which was my dream job, in fact. But the truth is I hated the way I was asked to do the job. So a few months later, I resigned. And the day I realized I needed to talk more about wine, to tell stories, to share all my discoveries. And this is how I came to social networks. I created my Instagram account dedicated to wine and wine only on the 20th of May, 2018. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations on that. You're coming up on, what's that, three years? Yeah. I have to do that math in my head. So wine is your main job. Well, it is because... <laughs> Once you've started working in the wine business, you can't stop. It's like a drug. Yes, it's so, true. So yes, I work as a wine content creator and I also work as a wine buyer, but for a completely different kind of retailer. Now, you have been called a vinfluencer. What does that mean to you? Well, I don't know if I'm influencing anyone. <laughs> and in fact, it's not my point. I want to share my knowledge and my passion to answer to people who ask for wine advices. And I was see myself as a content creator. And by content, I mean pictures, videos, blog articles, tasting notes, lives, well, many things. You, you can get bored. <laughs> content creation, in fact, mm -hmm. is my business model when I'm paid. I'm paid to create the content. I'm not paid accordingly to how many bottles I've sold or things like that. Being a content creator, how do you approach wine and social media? As an agricultural engineer, the purpose of me sharing wine stuff on social network is to help people to understand how their favorite products uh, are made. By favorite products, I mean wine, of course. Mm -hmm. And Therefore, I travel a lot to meet winemakers and explain their terroir, meaning how landscapes can impact the taste of your wine in your glass. In my Instagram account and in, on my blog, I share a lot of wine words because I really want people to travel and visit wine estates. To me, that's the best way to understand wine. I absolutely agree with you. And with you saying that you are an agricultural engineer, it makes sense the way you speak about wine because you talk a lot about soil and soil types. Mm. And I think that helps people to understand wine better, understand where it comes from and why we kind of use the words that we use. What is something you think everyone should know about French wine? Well, our most amazing rosé wines are not produced in Provence. <laughs> what? Sorry for that. <laughs> for instance, the appellation Tavel in the Rhone Valley, Rosé d'Erisset in Champagne, these two appellations, they produce dark rosé, but they are amazingly complex and they can age. Give it a try. <laughs> You'd love it. So you say rosé is something that a lot of people should know about. How do you think the way you talk about wine, the way you create content is different than say other people that have done it before? Well, when I've started my account, I have benchmarked everything that was on uh, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. And I've seen what kind of content was shared on wine, mainly tasting notes, 
winemaker visits and things like that. And when I started my account, I just did what others did. I didn't created anything. And time after time, I didn't feel it was interesting to weed testing notes. And it was very boring for me to write them. So I've started to think, what can I do to offer something different? And the idea of sharing about how wine is made and about the impacts of everything around the grapes. Uh, I mean, a tree has an impact on the taste of the wine. The soil, of course, you've talked about it. And I think I'm the only one on Instagram who is today talking of wine this way. You are, and that is why you're one of my favorite French wine follows. Uh, on That's Instagram. lovely. <laughs> because of the, not a problem. Because of the content you share and then the way you share it. You are correct about the tasting notes because taste can be subjective. What you taste may not be what I taste, but the soil is the soil. That is what it is. You won't see one soil and I see a different soil. No, that it will be the same for everyone. And I think once you've understood the soil, then you can name aromas better and stuff like that. It helps you understand what you're tasting. You travel quite a bit back and forth, French wine regions, other regions. What is like your favorite place that you have been and why? Or will you get in trouble for saying that? My engineering school was in Bordeaux. So Bordeaux uh -huh. is the very first vineyard I've discovered and also the very first wines. And they are strong wines, quite powerful. And when I wanted to switch to another region, I went to the Rhone Valley because they also offer very strong and complex red wines. And when I've discovered the, the landscapes, I was amazed because between the north and the south of the Rhone Valley, it's completely different. Wines are also completely different. So I'm in true love with the Rhone Valley since then. Those are some of my favorite, the Rhone Valley. Like that's kind of where I came to really know and understand and appreciate, well, more appreciate French wines. Diane, where can we find you online and on social media? Well, under the name Dalkia Loves Wine, you can find me on Instagram, on my website, but sorry, it's only in French, and on Vivino, and under my real name, uh, Diane Soukier, on Clubhouse and LinkedIn. Ah, that's right. You have just um, started doing a few rooms on Clubhouse. How is that going for you? How is the response? Well, I like it because... You can talk to people on a very easier way than on Instagram. You're not here to share beautiful pictures, but just to talk on meaningful topics. And I find it very, very interesting. Because Clubhouse is kind of a, I guess, new-ish platform that is taking off. I'm using it uh, not to share about wine, but to uh, learn about other stuff that I like. Uh, there are lots of impressive experts on Clubhouse who are here just to share all their knowledge. And that's incredible. For example, if you're talking about SEO, I just listened to uh, some room talking about the subject and it's so accurate and helpful. Love it. Nothing to do about wine, sorry, but. 
I no, that's, you've that, it, I guess. No, that's a, no, that's a good thing because I think you need other interests, of course. And then sometimes mm-hmm. when you learn things in other ways, you can bring that knowledge and information back to wine and how you talk about wine and how you share wine. In fact, there are things that I've uh, benchmarked on uh, Instagram accounts that do not belong to wine influencer, but to beauty lifestyle influencers. And there are some elements that I've kept. For instance, the fact of filming myself when I'm uh, talking in my stories, nobody did that in the wine world at first. And I was one of the first doing this, but just because I saw it in the lifestyle world and thinking, but well, I also want to speak to my followers. So why not doing this? And now everybody does that and it makes an account more human. Yeah, I think I might have to steal that from you. I think I might. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so complicated at first, talking to your cell phone. (laughs) Right. And you have to think about, oh, let me get the background correct. Let me make sure the lighting is right. Oh, I have to comb my hair, put on a clean shirt. Yeah. You have to do all of these things. Last question. What is next for you? What are you doing next? What do you have coming up? That's really a good question. I'm thinking of uh, resigning again (laughs) 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 to be a full-time content creator, but I'm still not sure it's a good idea. So thinking of it, and I don't know, (laughs) thinking of it a lot. (laughs) All right. Well, there you have it, everyone. You heard it here first from Diane. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Tanisha. Next is Miss Vicky, or Anne Victoire. Not new to the wine industry by any means, as she's been making wine with her father for years at Chateau de Maurier in Beaujolais, then under her own wine label, Miss Vicky Wine. She made a name for herself early on wine Twitter and then Instagram, promoting her wines and talking about French wine culture in a fun and fresh way. Always seen on Instagram, enjoying a glass of wine in a joyful setting, preparing an amazing meal from scratch, just making everything around her fun. She's recently thrown her hat into the ring of wine in a can. And what better wine to really promote in a can than an AOC Beaujolais. Very fresh and light and easy. Let's hear more about her journey and how she decided that Miss Vicky Wine would start canning. Hello, uh, Anne Victoire, or also known as uh, Miss Vicky. For those of us that don't know you, Please tell us who you are and what do you do? Hello, Tanisha. Nice uh, to be with you today. Uh, I'm Anne Victoire, but uh, people call me Vicky because it's much shorter and easier to pronounce than Anne Victoire. That's how I called my first wine blog, Miss Vicky Wine. So my father is a winemaker in Fleury, and uh, I now work with him full time, taking over um, in the next couple of years. So we are in Beaujolais and we make very classic style Fleury and Mounarvon, the, the, the types that you can age, you know, that's quite a top hand uh, Beaujolais. But uh, with my blog and all the people I've met, uh, I've also created a wine brand called Vicky's Wines in English. Vicky's Wines. 
And um, most of the wines in the, in the range right now are, are fairly from our vineyard, but it's a bit more contemporary in the style and the marketing. And um, I've launched my wine in a can last October. So that's what we want to talk about today, the wine in a can, because that's not so typical, especially in France. What made you want to try it? I always enjoyed new things. I like things that tickle your brain, make you sparkle. I love the wow effect. I've heard about cans and then I finally met people who were into cans and I've touched cans and I tried cans and I had this effect that, wow, it's great. Woo, it's strange. It's different. It makes you think out of the box and uh, the situation is more like out of the bottle. It really is something else in terms of experience of testing and experience of, of drinking. And I thought, uh, you know, it's a good idea. And um, with all the COVID and, 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 and things, and sales were difficult and I was all about trying new things. So I thought, let's go for it. I knew all the people that were canning the wines, selling some cans. So I had, I didn't go from ground zero. I had people to help me. I remember in the last vino camp that happened, there was a speaker that talked about canned wines there. Did you already have this idea then? Or was that something that you heard him say, say, you know what? Yes, this is the thing that I needed. I'm going to do it. I was organizing the event, so I was into it already. I was really fascinated. I already had the, the wow effect, you know, the thing that tickles you. I organized this conference around the can because we were talking about innovation, about the future of wine. And I wanted to know more and I wanted people to react and I wanted to get people's impressions. And I wanted maybe to help the French to get into it because I thought it's such a great idea. I mean, why not us? Now, there were a few people there that weren't so into cans and they were a bit vocal about it. Did that make you hesitate a bit or second guess yourself a little? I'm still in the trial, the first phase, even if I'm doing my second canning uh, this week. Is it going to last? Because wine can has been existing for a long time. It went on and off. Maybe I'm thinking now is the right time. And I see people changing. I would say it needs a can to change someone's perception. And... Um, I've seen people I knew that were against that became much more into the can. So I think it's, it's um, how do you say, it's a, you have to be experimenting it. You have to be next to it. You have to have cans around you to get into cans. And as we don't have any cans, in French, there is the same thing. It's like there's a snake that bites its own end, you know? <laughs> if you don't have cans, you can't be into cans. And if you're not into cans, you can't be surrounded by cans. So we need to have cans on shelves to have people going into it, trying them and getting into it. Because one thing I'm sure about with cans is that it, they are very useful. It's not just marketing. They are useful when you're alone, when you're traveling, when you want a lightweight, when you have no space, when you want something simple, you know, they are very, very useful. It's not just fun, it's useful. And everything for me that's useful has a, a future. Absolutely agreed. And I like what you said about how you needed people to see cans to get into cans. Just the idea of it, everybody can't always get into an idea. 
but when they see the actual physical product, it can be in their hand or it's on the shelf. They're more able to see it and understand it better. They will also be uh, discussed, some of them, you know, when they see they're like, oh, but that's the first contact. But then if they go to a party and someone will open it, they will try it. And then if it's good, they will have no excuse to not go for it. It has to be good. That's the only problem. To introduce your idea of can wine, you did something interesting and you did a sort of Kickstarter campaign. Can you tell us about that? So I was a bit scared and I didn't want to be with uh, lots of cans in my garage that I would not be selling. So I always wanted to try a crowdfunding campaign and that was a product for it. So I, I did this crowdfunding with my friends, with some professional that uh, were already buying my wine in bottles and I did a small uh, press campaign. It really helped me to have the first impression of my first customer. Straight when the, the canning was made, I could have 80 people telling me how they felt about it because they received it. Uh, usually, you know, they were sold by three, nine. You could also buy a visit at the vineyard or buy bottles. But I had an immediate feedback and that's what I wanted. I had no negative feedback which was the first thing to tell me, okay, that's good. Everyone was so excited, surprised by the wine because, oh, wow, that's a flurry, you know? It doesn't taste like aluminium or whatever. So only positive feedback, lots of excitement around it. And um, I reached my goal, but I, I went over my goal, but I didn't do like uh, 10 times my, my, my target. So I don't know, you know, uh, it was good. It wasn't like the best campaign ever, but it was really, really, really useful and helpful so far to have a bit of cash to start. You also have a strong social media presence. You mentioned your blog earlier, and then I know you on Twitter and Instagram. Do you think that helped you as well with um, your already popularity there and the way you're able to handle that, that helped you with this uh, crowdfunding campaign? Definitely it helps, you know, because the can is very visual. So people see it, people share it on their own Instagram. It's quite pretty. It has a style. It's new. So yeah, so of course, social media, like, uh, it's very useful. Again, I think it takes time to make uh, social media really profitable. And uh, I still see the results of my, uh, my social media activity right now. Every day I get surprised, but uh, it's not that easy, you know? <laughs> Now, I want to talk about the actual wine a bit. So you have this wine in a can style. Then you also have your Vicky wines, and then you help your father with wines as well. Is the can style different than those other wines, or do you have one of the bottle wines that you put in a can? So just before I, I launched my cans, I launched two new wines called Eau Joie and then Fleur des Champs. So it's like Eau Joy and uh, Spring Flowers quite fruity, easygoing, and all this, you know, mm, vintage 18. And um, I thought the Eau Joy name was great for a can. And really, I chose this name for the bottle because when I blended the wine, I, I had a party at my house and we drank this wine all night long with my friends. And that would be the perfect one to put in a can. But as we have a, quite a classic style at the, the vineyard, I decided to, to can something a bit younger for even more fruit. 
and a bit less um, structured, but it's still a flurry, it's still a joy wine. But because I think expectation from a wine in can is fruit and freshness, I've made sure to have a blend that reflects this um, perception of the can. But also that's that's quite typical of, of the AOC where we are. It's, it's a flurry wine, it's a cru. So um, yeah, I've made sure that it's, it's ticking both uh, boxes. The wine you have in the can, is that an AOC as well? Since I know your other wines are AOC. Just yeah, it's exactly the same. It's a fleury, so it's what we make at the vineyard. So it's quite a serious wine, so it's not a cheap can. It's not a right. very expensive can. What's very important in the pricing of my can is that if you buy a can, it's normally a third of the price of a bottle because it's a third of the wine of the bottle. So it, it shouldn't be more expensive to buy a can than to buy a bottle. That's my idea which I can achieve with this uh, quality wine, um, medium price wine, which is much more difficult to achieve in some cheaper wines because canning is quite expensive. So I do less margin on my cans. Ah, okay. For now, because, you know, I do small quantities. So when you do small quantities, then of course. How are you feeling about everything now as far as the um, wine that you have in the can, the bottled wines, and how the sales are going? I'm still in the trial phase because uh, all my, my clients in uh, England, Denmark, America, they still didn't receive their shipment. I mean, my Danish client uh, has received it this week. I just have feedback from the French. I know they're all very excited to receive it. I think it's going to work very well. But right now, I don't have numbers to give you uh, in the world. I know in France, some wine bars and wine shops have been reordering mainly in Paris. Some have more difficulties to sell them. So I think it's not full, full marks, but um, it's interesting. All right. That's good to know, though, that reorders, yes. shipments are being received. That's all good things. So yes, that's exactly. the kind of thing we like to hear. I didn't manage yet to be in a hotel or in rentals, or like boat rentals or, you know, but I think it's very, very suitable for the Yachts, you know, on yours or in small apartments, small rentals, small hotel rooms with the minibars. It doesn't take a lot of space in the, in the fridge. Since we're coming up to summer, people are doing a lot of picnics, um, eating outside in parks and, you know, gathering with friends on Tejas. And a can of wine is perfect. It's easy. It's fresh. The wine is fruity. You can chill it. You can carry it with you. You don't have to worry about another opener or anything like that. I think it's perfect. Exactly. And you can squeeze it. It's so good. You know, you, you drink it, I pour it in a glass usually, and then you just squeeze it and you put it in the bin. And that's so good because as a wine drinker, I have so many empty bottles in my kitchen that I have to bring to the glass uh, bin. Uh, I'm very happy to be able to throw that just in my recycling bin. I want to just ask you this. You just mentioned it of how you take your can and you pour it into a glass. Is that your preferred method or do you also sometimes drink from the can? Well, it is, but also it's because I have so many glasses around me. It's very easy to just grab a glass and mm -hmm. pour it. Some friends opened it in uh, what well, they are. They like hiking, so they didn't bring a glass. They just drank it from out of the can and they told me why it works. Plus the glass... Uh, allows the wine to open up so that's quite uh quite good can you tell us what exactly should people get from the flavor of the wine what are the flavors in this particular style of Beaujolais from Fleury 
Well, my first canning because I, I still didn't receive my new cans. So <laughs> that's a stressful moment, you know. I think I like the, the, the strawberry, wild strawberry mash spice. And this minerality that's like, because we have volcanic soils, you really have this kind of mineral from the, you know, imagine a volcano. It's kind of smoky, but smoke from the, the rock, you know, that we have in our wines. Yeah, there is also always this uh, ecological thing with cans that's quite controversial, but recycling aluminium, recycling glass, everything is fine, you know. Some people think one is better than the other. I don't have an opinion on the matter. I just think the carbon footprint, um, it's just very light, you know. And in a box of wine, you have six bottles. And in the same box, you can put 24 cans, which is the equivalent of eight bottles. So in the same space, you can put the equivalent of two bottles more if you have it in a can, which in terms of space is very good. And it's also 1.5 kilos lighter. So that's a very um, interesting. Well, thank you very much for your thank time. Thank you, I appreciate it. Two different approaches on sharing wine online by two amazing French women. If you are not already, you should absolutely be following them both to better understand French wines and get a behind-the-scenes look from a French perspective. You can find Diane as Dalkia Loves Wine, D-A-L-K-I-A underscore loves underscore wine on Instagram and her website, in French by the way, and also check out her wine reviews on Vivino. And Victoire is on Twitter and IG at Vicky Wine, V-I-C-K-Y-W-I-N-E, or visit her website, MissVickyWine.com, and that's M-I-S-S for the Miss, to find Aujois, the wine in a can, at retail locations, or purchase them directly online. This podcast was produced by Studio Ochenta, hosted by me, Tanisha Townsend. Our executive producer is Lori Martinez. Our sound editor is Luis Raul Lopez Levi. Our theme was done by Gabriel Dalmaso. Music is by Makai Beats. Our art is by Tiffany DeLune. Follow us at Wine School Dropout on Instagram and check out ochentastudio.com for full transcripts of this and every episode of the show. See you next week. Have you been dreaming of sitting in a wine bar in Paris again? Well, why not purchase the ebook 75 in the 75? 75 wine bars to visit in Paris. All of my wine bar recommendations and pictures in one place. Tons of photos of the City of Light. Classic or natural wines, big euros or centimes, we've got all tastes covered in this wine guide. For purchase, visit my website, www.girlmeetsglass.com and select 75 in the 75 wine guide. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.